0: It's Real Talk with Raylene Challenor, foster care and adoption. Hi, and welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Challenor, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. And today, Real Talk listeners, we have a treat once again. We have Judge Young here with me. Uh, We're going to do a part two, so if you missed the first part it was kind of all about her, and it was really fun. So please go back and listen to that, however you listen to the show. Um, but part two, I want to dive in, Judge Young, if it's okay with you, to a little bit more detail about kind of the court system and um, foster care and that sort of thing. Is that okay if you do that? Absolutely. Yeah, that okay. sounds good. Fabulous. So my first question for you is... Um, For Real Talk listeners who are not in our area in Yavapai County, we live in a phenomenal place. We really do. We do. Prescott is just so fun. But I want to know, in a smaller town, is what you do, does it make it harder for you because we're in a small town? Does that affect anything? You know what, really the only way that... I think it's
1: probably different than for a judge in a great big area is it's much more likely that I'm going to run into someone on my case when I'm out and about in the community. Yes. And I can tell you though, for the, um, the majority of, of the time that that happens, ends up being this really positive experience. Mm. I do delinquencies as well as the dependencies. Okay, what and does that mean? That means that. if a kid is charged with an act that would be a crime or a petty mm-hmm. offense if they were an adult, okay, instead they're charged as a delinquent. Okay, you know we don't convict kids as criminals; we adjudicate them as delinquents. Okay, and so I will run into my kids out in the community. Yeah. And they are so happy to let me know how they're doing. Well, I and love you. called them my kids. <laughs> well, they are my kids. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I know people are like, how many kids do you have? I'm like, oh, probably like uh, a thousand. I <laughs> <laughs> Like a thousand kids. Like a yes. lot of kids. Yeah. But I'll see my kids and they'll go and pre-COVID, they'd run up and hug me yes. and we'd chat and, and um, talk about how things were going for them. And then I sometimes see my dependency kids okay. who have aged out of foster care. Wow. And I will see them and they really like telling me how things are going for them, which is wonderful. And some of my kids do stay involved in extended foster care after they're 18, uh-huh. and so I always tell them, okay, well, you can always tell your DCS YAP worker, which is the young adult program, how you're doing, and if if it's okay with you, they'll tell me. <laughs> and so I'll run into the YAP worker sometimes, and they'll go, oh, so and so is doing wonderful, got Aww. a good new job, blah blah blah. Yes. And so yeah, so it's it's really great, and I'll see parents who have reunified with their children, yes, or I'll see parents who have adopted children. Through my courtroom, mm-hmm. and that's a really positive thing, yes, yeah. But mm-hmm. on occasion, you know, if it's a, a case that's pending, it's a, right. it's a little uncomfortable, and yeah. So I might, you know, mm-hmm. duck excuse out, excuse yourself, you know, that kind for, of thing. Right. excuse myself, that kind yeah. of thing,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. I was just curious about that because we're, you know, we're smaller, and oh, yeah, um, you've been around a lot of places, and I just wondered, on your opinion, you know, how does that?
1: Yeah. And I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I started as a judge in May of 2011. Wow. So I've gotten to know a lot of kids and a lot of families over those nine years. Yes. And so, yeah, sometimes when I run into someone and they say, hi, Judge Young, I I have to think, okay, all right, now I remember who they are. Oh, wow. That kind of thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Wow. So since 2011, were you the youngest? ever that we've ever had? No, I think there was one other judge who was appointed, um, younger than me, Wow! but I think I probably, maybe the second youngest. What made you make that jump? What, what within you is like, you know what, from lawyer to, yep, I want to, I want to be a judge. Well, you know, I got to know some of the judges,
1: um, more on a kind of a a personal level. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm part of a walking group with yeah. Anne Sterling, who was our first female judge in Yavapai County. Okay. And so our walking group, we walk, you know, once a week or nice. pre COVID, we were walking yes. once a week. And then we have coffee afterwards and we, and we chat and everything like that. And just getting to know people like that uh-huh. who had been judges and were judges and um, Judge Rhonda Rep, you know, I interacted with her a lot. Yeah. I just thought, wow, that would be so interesting mm-hmm. and so different to be the one who actually gets to make the decision on the case. You find it interesting. It, I do. I love what I do. That the bug stops with you. Oh, my word. Yeah. That's really, so foreign to me. Yeah. and um, And sometimes it can be a little intimidating because you don't want to make a bad decision, right? And the problem is, you know, you can only make the decision based on the information that you have in front of you, right? You don't get to do outside research. You don't get to like go home with people and see what goes on in their house or anything like that. And so you hope that the people who are bringing you the information are doing a good job of bringing you information. Yes.
0: Wow. I love how you just described that to us. So that's why other people involved in the case Are so important. Absolutely, you know our
1: casas, our foster parents, our lawyers, our department, child safety caseworkers. I mean, that's what they do is they bring the court information Mm -hmm. so the judge can make the best decision possible
0: for for this child and this family. Right. Wow. So let's talk a little more like foster care then, since that's kind of my wheelhouse. Um, So in a in a foster care case, how just. Tell us what the role of the court is in a foster child's life. Okay. I know it's kind of broad, but. Yeah.
1: No, it's really broad. Yes. Um, Kind (laughs) of a threshold, I like it when kids come to court. Okay. You know, prior to COVID, I always wanted kids in court. I wanted foster parents in court. That way I can see children with my own eyes, see how they look, development, you know, is the development matching up with their chronological age, things like that. Who are they interacting with during the hearing? Mm-hmm. You know, are they going and are they seeking comfort from mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Are they hanging out with you know the foster parents the right. whole time? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can tell that the attorneys and the kids have a special relationship. Yes. And so they'll want to go and hang with their attorney during the <laughs> hearing. The little ones will, and that's really sweet to see yes. too. But um and COVID has made it a little different. You know, sure. we've had to really pivot and we're doing a lot of things um on the phone. Okay. And so I'm not getting to see yeah. my kids in person. Most of my foster parents are appearing by phone. right? And so that's what's making it even more important that people are reporting that really key information. To okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. And so you know, when kids come to court, they get to talk to me. They you know, do. They have a lawyer. They have a guardian ad litem, and I'll call yes. on their lawyer or guardian ad litem first. Then they, I'll follow up, and I'll ask the kids you know, what else they want me to know, uh-huh. ask them questions about school, how okay. things are going, and I'll have a conversation with the child during the court hearing wow. because the case is about them. Yes. And you have to make sure the kids have a voice in this process. Right. And so um, I get to know the kids. I get to know the families. I get to know the foster parents during the course of the case. hmm And a lot of my, um, foster parents are incredible. With really coming alongside the biological parents. Yes. And really helping the bio parents, more like a shared parenting model. Oh, I like to hear that. Yeah, where they're really trying to work as a team for mm-hmm. what's in the best interest of the, of the child. Yeah. And, you know, if we can have a safe reunification, the foster parents are working towards that as well. Yeah. And so the court's job is to gather all this information from everybody during court hearings and by reading court reports and getting reports during hearings from foster parents about how things are going Mm -hmm. and to make decisions about where the case is going and how quickly it's going to get to where it's going. And so the vast majority of our cases, I would say, you know, over 95%, probably closer to 99% actually, are reunification case plans. Wow. Our whole goal is to reunify the children with their biofamilies. Right. You right. know, or their adoptive family if they've been removed from an adoptive parent. Yeah, and so we're working on reunification up mm-hmm. until the point where we realize that we can't have a safe reunification. Sure, and yeah. then we're looking at alternative case plans at that point, like mm-hmm. severance and adoption, or sometimes a guardianship. Yeah, yeah, and so that's the court's job with the foster kids is to try to figure out what's best for them. Yeah, moving forward at the same time protecting the parents' constitutional right to parent. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wow, what a juggling act! I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a juggling act. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why we have to have so many people involved, right?
0: Yeah. Because it is—it's such a complicated area of the law. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, can you? You might not be able to answer this, but I'll throw it out there. Like, how much weight? does a foster parent's opinion really carry in court? Uh, I, I know we have CASAs that are advocates for the kiddos. Right. You have the guardian ad litem, which just in case a listener doesn't know, what does that fancy Latin word mean? It basically means like a guardian for the thing.
1: And so a guardian ad litem is an attorney who is appointed to represent the best interests of the child. Okay. And so what we do here in Bay County is if you are under six and mm-hmm. you come into foster care, you're going to have a guardian ad litem. Okay. Because more than likely, someone who's four or five, three or younger is not going to be able to form that attorney-client relationship with an attorney Sure. where they're going to be able to tell their wishes to their attorney who will then be able to advocate for what the child wants. Right. And so if you're over six, you have an attorney. Okay. Some kids have both. It just kind of depends on oh. the case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can have guardian litem, you can have an
0: attorney as a child, or you can have both. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming, you know, the foster parents kind of opinions or, um, you know, how the child is doing in their home. And that's just going to be case by case. Right. And what what I do is I really advocate for foster parents
1: to make notes before they come to court. Okay. Because a lot of times you're not used to being in a courtroom setting, so it's hard to remember everything that you want to say. Yes. And you don't want to walk out of the hearing and think, oh my gosh, there were three other things that were really important that I forgot to say. Yeah. And so I always advocate for, hey, just have a little bullet point list even so that way it will remind you. But things that are important for a foster parent to share with me is anything unusual that they're noticing about the child. For instance, like if we have a kid who is not sleeping or a kid who's not eating or Mm -hmm. a kid who's food hoarding, things Uh, like that, Okay, that type of thing is really important for Everyone on the team to know. Mm-hmm. And we're really lucky. We have behavioral health yes. attend a lot of court <gasps> hearings. That is a gift. And so they're listening to this as well. And so right. the foster parents are reporting, hey, you know, this little guy is, you know, not doing well. Um, we've got a lot of tantrums. We are getting night terrors, mm-hmm. or things are going great and the speech is improving, things like that. So that yeah. way we, we can make sure that everybody's in the know about how yes. these kids are doing. So that way we can make sure that
0: the kids are getting the services that they need. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, okay. I personally, I just want to know for you, for judge young, mm-hmm. what does a win look like for you? It really depends
1: on the case. Okay. Sometimes I have cases where, um, the parent has overcome such a, incredible obstacles to yes. reunify with their children. Yes. That it is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's got to be. Yeah, and so to be able to reunify a child with their family of mm-hmm. origin who has done such good hard work. Yes. And and knowing that they're going to be together mm-hmm. and that they're all going to be safe and healthy and happy is that's a win. That's yes, a big win for sure. Um sometimes I have cases where it doesn't feel like a win at first because the yeah. parents aren't able to reunify. Right. So I have to terminate the parents' rights, which is really, really difficult. I can't even imagine. And it's a, it's a big decision to come to. You know, the mm. burden of proof is high. Yeah. And um, before you get there. And then, um, after that termination happens though, sometimes you find a wonderful family who's willing to adopt these kids. Yeah. And then, You know, anybody who's been in my courtroom, when we are able to dismiss a case because the kids reunify with the parent, we clap. Celebration. It is a celebration. Yes. And at the same time, if we have a family who was not able to be reunified, but we get an adoption later on, I mean, that's a big celebration. Yeah, we celebrate that too.
0: I've been in on one of those and it's just a blast. It's lovely. It really
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we do the two big Adoption Day mm-hmm. events a year. You know, yes. May's this year was very different because of COVID. It was, but you guys did such a great job. Yeah, it turned out great. It re- really did. The families really enjoyed it, which yes. is fantastic. So, and I think we'll just have to wait and see how November turns out. Oh, wow. At this point, we just don't know. But yeah. we know that we can pivot and we can do a, a safe adoption event yes. with social distancing. Yes. And using Zoom. It can be done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're all about Zoom now. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a win, it it just depends on the case. Yeah. And then you have sometimes a a kid who ages out of foster care. Mm -hmm. We're not able to achieve permanency for them, Mm -hmm. but they might have something great happen to Mm -hmm. them. Um, They might get to go to prom with, you know, a CASA for kids grant or things like that. And then they'll bring their prom photos to court. I can't tell you how many prom photos I've been able to look at. Oh, that's fun. Or they'll be able to sport and things like that. And so, you know, wins can look like
0: really really different depending on the case. Yes. Yeah. And would you say you have more of those than less? What's the... Oh, yeah. Overall, we
1: have more wins. Oh, that's great. You know, our reunification case rate is between 50 and 60%, which is is pretty average for the state of Arizona. Um, but the kids that we don't reunify, uh, the majority of them go to adoption. We don't have that many kids, Mm -hmm. you know, fortunately age out of foster care when you look at the large numbers. Right. And even the kids that age out of foster care, a lot of them are being, are able to make this network for themselves Mm -hmm. that's going to continue with them after they're 18 It might be a probation officer. You know, I've had several 18th birthday parties in, in my courtroom. Yeah. Uh, And that's special too. Yes, it is. Yes, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Judge Young, your heart is evident. And I'm just so thankful that you allowed that to show through um, for our listeners. And um, we are really, really privileged to have you here presiding over <laughs> us um, in the foster care world and my space that I live in. Um, you, yes, you are highly respected and yes, really appreciated. So thank you. Thanks for being here. Oh, um, thanks Remy. We're going to close our time, Real Talk listeners. It has been such an honor to be with her honorableness <laughs> and a privilege to be able to do this. So um, again, thank you to Judge Young and thank you to Becky for arranging this. And and for you listeners, I appreciate you continuing to listen and to pray for our kiddos from hard places and for the many ways that you're involved. But we've come to an end. That's another Real Talk And I am your host, Raylene Challoner. It's bye for now.
2: With a name like Zebrascapes, you've got to be good at what you do. So what does Zebrascapes do? Just listen. They can create the yard of your dreams. From design and installation to maintenance, weed control, irrigation and yard cleanup to tree care services. Zebrascapes Landscaping and Services, it says it all. And they do it all. Read all about them at Zebrascapes.com or get the conversation started at 928-830-4061, Zebrascapes.
1: Hey ladies, if you feel the need to truly connect with other women in our community, maybe the place is Culture Salon because it's all about the culture that makes each visit one that lifts your spirit. A salon on its own is just a building. It's what happens on the inside that counts. It's about so much more than just hair, designer cuts, premium color, natural beaded row extensions and more. Culture Salon, 1454 West Gurley or call 928-830-1325.
2: Prescott Realty, because who you work with matters. What you can expect from Prescott Realty. Integrity, trusted advisors, and specialization. Whether you're looking for home sites, homes, condos, multifamily housing, or rentals. And did you know Prescott Realty is number one in land sales. With 50 years experience and 500 million in real estate sales, they know what they're doing. When you're ready, there's only one call to make to Prescott Realty, 928-499-8700 or prescottrealty.com. Ever dealt with any kind of construction project without a general contractor? That just screams being overwhelmed. Chances are it's because you didn't work alongside Antelope Springs Construction. And why do you need a general contractor? Because it's crucial dealing with tasks, foreseeing complications, and preventing delays. Antelope Springs Construction takes out all the guesswork to ensure your vision. Everything from design to completion. Call them now at 928-237-0762. Antelope